What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Complete Sinner's Guide. I am your host, Tyler Fowler. With me, as always, Noah J. Chalaya. Mr. Chalaya, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am better than I deserve to steal a line from Dave Ramsey. How about yourself? Better than I deserve as well, man. I mean, this has been... We are on episode 44 of CSG. We're talking about overcoming sexual sin, something that I've struggled with so much in my five years of being a Christian. I was telling Travis, I'm really super excited about this episode tonight because it is something that personally, it really hits home with me, man. And and it seems like every guy, every guy that I've talked to struggles with this in some way, in, in, in one way or another. So we're here joined by Travis Worth. Um, you, you guys will remember Travis. He's been on the Roundtable episodes. Uh, we had him on uh, for another discussion as well. But we tonight, like I know he struggled with it. Noah struggled with it. I've struggled with this. And I just want to come on. I want to talk honestly with everyone listening. If you have a question, please call us 855-450-6624. And we want to help you, right? This is, again, this is something I've struggled with. And I don't know, I don't know how many people struggle with this, but like I said, I know this is something that still plagues me and something that I have not fully conquered yet. I want to, before we introduce Travis, I just want to start out with Jesus's words in Matthew chapter five, verse 27, reading out of the NET, he said this, he said, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Now, what is Jesus quoting from here? He's quoting from the 10 commandments. Do not commit adultery. This is the physical act of sex, having sex with someone who's married, right? If you're married, you're having sex with someone who's not your wife, or, or if you're a wife, you're having sex with someone who's not your husband. This is adultery. But listen, listen to this. I could just imagine, no, think about it. <clears throat> I could just imagine the people who have heard the Ten Commandments literally all their life. Hear Jesus say this. He says, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to desire her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Well, if you think about it, I mean, this is what this is what Jesus came down here to do, right? God tries right. to explain in very direct and straightforward language what he what he wants for humanity. Humanity rejects that, then he starts speaking through prophets and then he lays it all out for them and they reject that. Then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they elect all of these religious leaders that supposedly have studied and understand this so well that they can communicate it to everyone else, but they still miss the point of it. So then Jesus yeah. comes to exemplify and show us this is how you do these things. And so what he's saying is don't worry about the lines along the side that say, here's how you're, this is how you know you're walking in the center of the sidewalk. Like those are great guidelines. But if all you're looking for is how close to the edge can I get before I jump over rather than a focus of how do I put God first and try to move towards him at all times, then we're missing it. Then your heart's in the wrong place. You're desiring after the wrong things. Even if you don't actually get to the point where you quote unquote fall over that line, even if you've not gotten to the point where you've actually committed adultery, you've, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, if that's what you're seeking after in your heart, if that's what you're thinking about, if that's what you focus on, then mm-hmm. you're, then, then your soul is in the same place. 
Exactly. You nailed it. You said the heart, right? And we're going to get into that here in Mark 7 here in just a second. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Your heart is in the wrong place. And this is the message that Jesus preached. Like this is, this is his main message. This is the gospel message is that we, all of us, I know me, I know, I know, no, I know you have Travis. I know you have, we've all looked at women with, with lustful intentions, right? I, I said it before I, I look at porn and, you know, thank God again, it hasn't happened for, you know, six months. But like I said, that's just the act, not even the physical act of committing adultery. Jesus says, if your heart is in the wrong spot, you're in trouble. And listen, listen to this. The, the, again, this is Jesus's words. Verse 29, he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better to lose one of your members than to have to than have your whole body go into hell. And it's just the think of the severity of this. Again, this isn't you've heard me say it multiple times. This isn't my message. This is Jesus. So again, I just wanted to kind of, before we introduce Travis, I just wanted to lay this as a groundwork for this episode, overcoming sexual sin. This is something, again, it it starts with the heart. We'll see this in Mark chapter 7. It starts with the heart, and it flows out into what we call adultery, what we call fornication, known also, you know, today's terms we say cheating. But all of these things... They all stem from the heart. So, Travis Worth, how's it going, man? You've been on, for those who don't know you, give us a little something about you, why you're here, and what what are your personal, I mean, you don't have to go deep, but just what kind of is your personal struggles with this sin, and what have you done to kind of curb that, uh, those, those desires, those temptations? Okay, yeah. So, hey, guys, it's great to be here. I'm doing great. I'm blessed. And uh, just a little bit about me. I'm, uh, I've am i been a Christian for about uh, almost four years now. Uh, I'm a apologist with reasons to believe, and um, I'm also involved in, like, a homeless ministry outreach. And uh, basically, uh, I, I think what this boils down to is that, you know, the Christian worldview teaches that, you know, sex is, is a good thing. But it's when sex becomes lust that it becomes sin. And mm. I know, it, you know, in my own life, I've struggled with, you know, of course, uh, uh, pornography. There's, uh, you know, uh, due to the fact that I'm single, you know, maybe hyper dating, like dating a, a lot of women at the same time and, you know, mm. being, you know, going going that route and everything. And so it, it, it's a real struggle. And um I do have like a, a few things I'd like to say uh, about that, but just briefly, this is kind of the struggles I've had with it. No, right, and Noah, just for for those you know listening, for those struggling with this, have you have you struggled with this? Are you struggling with this? How is sexual sin? You know, how has that impacted your life? So I think, like you said. I don't think there's any male walking on the face of the planet that hasn't struggled in some way uh, with lust. It's I, it's just it's part of our biology. It's what we're it's kind of how we're designed as guys. Um, and so uh, I was fortunate from the standpoint that I, I met my girlfriend, who is now my wife, uh, when I was 16 years old. She was 15, I guess, at the time. So you know, from that perspective, you have you have to understand. 
you know, I'm in my, my mid thirties now, my entire adult life, my entire adult perspective has been largely shaped by the relationship I've had with my wife. And so to a certain degree, I kind of, I kind of got a cop. I kind of got a get out of jail free card from the standpoint that I never had to, I never had the discussion about, um, well, these are the people I was with, or here's the decisions I made. I never really had an opportunity to make those mistakes, which I'm thankful for now. Sure. Um, but as far as like, you know, going out just out to eat, going out to the grocery store, all of those things are things that are potential places for us to stumble. And so I've kind of adopted um, what I call the bouncing eyes rule. And it, you're never, ever going to get to a point where you're not going to notice attractive people. I don't even think that's possible. And certainly in today's sure. world, it's now flaunted right. and, and, and promoted. And it's on every billboard. It's on the front of every magazine. It's on the front. People walk around essentially half naked sometimes in stores. I mean, it's, 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 it's terrifying to try to think about how to live a God-centered, focused life. Um, when you have temptation like that all around. And so the, the, the mm -hmm. tool that I've kind of landed on is just bouncing eyes. You notice something, you can't help but notice something. And so the answer is to immediately uh, divert your attention to something else. You've noticed it, now move on. And don't concentrate on don't dwell on it because temptation in and of itself is not problematic. Temptation when yielded to is mm. what causes us problems and that's where it starts to eat at our hearts and that's where it starts to shape our outlook and all those kinds of things happen when we yield to temptation when you just say no it's the, the satan loses his power he loses his ability to do anything and it's gotten so having practiced that for long enough now i've gotten to the point where i think i noticed something but I can't tell you. And then there's been a couple of times when it, I've gotten the gender entirely wrong. Not only wasn't it something that would have, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have got my, it wouldn't, had I looked closer, had I understood further, it wouldn't have been yep. a stumbling bop. I didn't even know because my eyes immediately go into that. That could be tempting. Bounce. And just yep. my eyes go on to something else. And I found that's kind of the way that I've, I've tried to address it. And, and I, like you say, I don't think there's a guy out there in the, in the entire world that has that perfect. And if there is, call into the show because we want to know your secrets. Please do. Yes, we want to know your secrets to overcoming this. I mean, because here's the thing. It's very powerful. And just from my personal experiences, you have to nip this in the bud ASAP because the longer you play with this particular fire, you're going to get burned. I mean, you are going to get burned because if you think, oh, well, I'm just at the beach. My supervisor and I were talking about this uh, today. He, he actually thinks, let me ask you guys just real quick. Do you think they had it easier in the first century? Uh, with, you know, lust, uh, lusting after women than they do today since, no, like you said, it, it is more flaunted now. I mean, you can't even get on Facebook without seeing pictures of half-naked women mm -hmm. anymore. So do you think that they, just kind of a trivia, do you think that they had it easier back then or not? I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, kind of like Noah was saying, I mean, part of it's like in our biology, you know, it's in our DNA, yeah. you know. we have, I think we have that propensity, and, you know, do, with the culture of the time, I mean, women were in mm -hmm. more submissive roles, so I, I, I don't know. I, th I think that's a really interesting question. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I think it would be different back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, what do you think? Uh, run that by me one more time. I'm sorry. So, like I said, my supervisor and I were having a discussion uh, today at work. Do you think that the, in, in this particular subject, lust, do you think since it's so so much flaunted today, 
that they had it quote unquote easier back in the first century because no. it wasn't no no Why'd because I that? think because I think that w- really what the root of the question that you're asking is has human nature improved in the last 2000 years oh and the answer no. to that question is equivocally no I don't think human nature has improved in the last 30 years so I think that has the standard has has the uh, so for example to, to get a little down and and, and gritty. Whereas today, whereas today you might walk around a store and you would be able to fulfill your sexual lust just by looking across the aisle because of the way that somebody is dressed or because of the 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 availability of lustful material on the Internet and elsewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Back then, it was you went to a different village and 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 found people that you determined to be less than you and then you raped and pillaged their village right and that mm. and 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 it was that kind of human depravity that we dealt with 2000 years is a different kind of human depravity that it's a little bit more tolerable it's a little bit more palatable to us but at the end of the day inside of the heart it's the same thing right seeking after whatever i desire and right. and 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 disregarding whatever it is that god desires and that that fundamental human trait has existed since the fall of man and continues today. It just takes different shapes, different forms, and applies itself different ways in different cultures. Right. It's repackaged just a little bit different. And, That's right. You know, just to get into, again, some more scripture, I want to read Mark chapter uh, 7, verse 17, because Jesus lays it out clearly. Again, this is his words, not mine. Now, when Jesus had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, are you so foolish? Don't you understand that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? For it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and then goes out into the sewer. This means all foods are clean. Verse 20, he said, what comes out of a person defiles him. For from within, out of the human heart, come evil ideas, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, Greed, evil, deceit, debauchery, envy, slander, pride, and folly. All these evils come from within and defile a person. And so going back to what Noah said, I think you're absolutely right. Human nature has not improved over the last 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years. This is why God himself had to come down and fulfill these covenants, right, and and, and establish the new covenant in his blood. That way all people, anyone who ever believes in him, John 3.16 says, will not perish but have everlasting life. Trust Christ. This is why he came. This is why he died. This is why he rose again. Trust him. He saves us. If we look at this list, let me just read it one more time, the list. From within, out of the human heart come evil ideas. This is covetousness. Sexual immorality, theft, murder. Remember what Jesus said about murder? If you hate your brother within your heart, you've already committed murder. Just like if you look at a woman with lustful intentions, you've already committed adultery. It's the same thing. This is the message. This is Jesus' message. I'm telling you guys. The heart is evil and it needs to be clean. You need to be purified. How do we start? Trust Jesus. Travis? Hey, Th- yeah, uh, you brought up a great point, and I kind of wanted to cap on that because we yeah. read in uh, Galatians 5.24 that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And mm-hmm. so since we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So we're definitely called to a higher standard in Christ. And um, I think a good, you know, having conversations like this are good to kind of flesh out, well, how do we go about doing that, you know, in, mm-hmm. in practical ways? 
Absolutely. And for those just tuning in, we are talking about overcoming sexual immorality. And we are, I promise you guys, I'm going to give you guys and gals, because I'm sure I wish I wish I would have had a, a girl come on to to kind of just discuss how is this, you know, for them. I want to ask my wife about this right. later off air. But but I, I'm just really curious because I've never had that conversation with my wife even like how does how does sexual temptation work with you? Is it the same as us? Because I know me, and going back to what Noah said a while ago, if you want to get over this, the very first thing you have to do, if you want to start overcoming sin, or overcoming sexual sin, is not playing with it, no pun intended, but not playing with it to a point where the power just becomes, I mean, you cannot get rid of it at that point. There is no just say no at that point. Because let me tell you guys, if you, like for example, you see a picture on Facebook and you don't scroll past that and you look on it and you dwell on it for just two seconds, that opens the door for a whole can of worms. And once you're involved, the, like I said, the longer you go, the more powerful it is, the, the harder it is to kick. So nip it in the bud immediately stop stop doing it stop looking stop dwelling on it like noah said and just get your mind get your hands especially focused on something else josh davidson uh, last week said he really likes to use his hands to create things you know that are good and so right. do that pick up a bass pick up a guitar learn a new you know get a hobby learn something new even pick up greek or whatever just get your mind off of this. And I mean, that's step one. What do you guys think? Well, um, Tyler, what I, you know, uh, I kind of looked at, you know, what the reasons to believe a uh, position uh, on this is. And yeah. I, I thought they brought up something really interesting in distinguishing between sex and lust. Okay. Mm. So basically their position is that uh, lust is missing something that was originally meant to be good. Sex, mm -hmm. according to the Christian worldview, is a good thing. It's a God-ordained uh, thing. In fact, whenever Yahweh talks about his relationship to the covenant people, the analogy is usually marriage. And when right. Jesus talks about the intimacy you know, he has with the church, it's in the form of marriage. So there seems to be a sacredness to marriage and sexuality. But sex becomes lust when it's you know, out of control and out of the proper context of marriage. But it's mm -hmm. also lust when we use, uh, you know, the other person for sexual pleasure rather than an expression of love and giving in charity. And, you know, our culture, it seems to be sex is almost like a type of idolatry. You know, pornography, you know, according yes. to a lot of statistics, is, is like overwhelming even like among Christian men. I mean, it's definitely a problem. So I, I think one thing we really need to do is establish the difference between, you know, sex and lust. No, agreed. Because there is, so to, I guess we should have started with why, why is this wrong? Why is this, you know, sin? Because like you said, Travis, God established marriage. God is the one that gets to define marriage. And where do we see that at? Well, it's right here in Genesis 128. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish, the sea and over the birds and the sky and every and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Two people, right? And we know what happened whenever Adam was created, right? All of the animals were created. They said, no, not a, there's not a suitable helper in this for this man. 
We need a woman. Yeah. And ladies, let me speak to you for just a second. Ladies, you are not less than man. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if people say it in the name of Jesus Christ. You are not less than man. You completed man and complete man to this day. So please, we have to stop thinking in this mindset of lesser and greater. It does not work with like that. We have different roles in marriage, in life, even in the church. But we are not greater than you. And and I have to enunciate it like that because it seems like we just can't get grips on that. Look at this. God said to them, this is a command to both the man and the woman, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds and the sky. God created man and woman to rule the earth. How cool is that? How cool is that? And we absolutely, yeah. And we screw it up. We screw it up. And Travis, you said we see it throughout Leviticus. Look, check out Leviticus twenty-six. He says, "I will turn towards you and make you fruitful and multiply you." Now, this is God speaking to Israel, and I will establish my covenant with you. God, God makes covenant, right? And what is a covenant? It's a contract. God says, "I do this." You do this, and when we fulfill those things, like under the new covenant, the command is love or, or believe in the Son and love your brother. That's the commandments under the new covenant. And whenever we do these things, God gives us blessings. He gives us things like eternal life. Right? One of the command or one of the promises of the new covenant is eternal life and forgiveness of sins. We're under we're under a a covenant of grace. We're under a covenant of just, I, I don't know how to describe it. We are sinners, and, and we talk about this every single episode, but yet we are sinners, and yet while we were sinners, Christ did what? He died for us. And what does that mean? Think about what the writer of Hebrews says. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Christ, the only eternal Son of God, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth came to be crucified. And side note, he created the tree, the tree that he was crucified on. How? I mean, just think about that for a second. What do what, Travis? Yeah, uh, no, that, that's a great point, Tyler. And um, you know, I'd agree. I think the only way we can be saved and the only way you know we can have godliness is through the gift of God's grace, His love, yes. forgiveness. His empowerment. So I think, you know, one of the first steps we really need to do is like, you know, look to, to God, to, to Christ. And, everything. and even what you, what you were saying earlier about, you know, uh, equality, you know, it says that there's neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, slave or free, but we are all one in Christ Jesus. And Eve was, you know, taken from the side of Adam, which is a great uh, illustration. Yeah. And, and, and think about this, right, in Ephesians. Paul says to for husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church. So yes. marriage is that picture of God's covenant with us, right? Whenever me and my wife stood before the world, <laughs> but our church, right? But before publicly with my pastor whenever we said our vows, we made our covenant with each other, our commitments to each other, to love each other, right, forever, till death do us part. And these are the covenant 
you know, terms with God. Believe in my son, receive eternal life, receive forgiveness of sins, and all of the covenant promises that goes back to Genesis, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Exodus, Numbers even, all the way through the uh, major prophets, all those promises made in the minor prophets, and not only that, all the promises made in the new covenant with Jesus. But check this out. I was just looking at First Thessalonians chapter 4. And check this out. Remember when in John six, where where Jesus says, "This is the will that not this is the will of God that not one be lost, but all be raised." So check this out. Yes. In First Thessalonians chapter four, listen to what Paul says to the brothers at the church of Thessalonica. He says this: "Finally, then, brothers, I'm, uh, chapter four, verse one, First Thessalonians. Finally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received instruction from us about how you must live and please God. Now, notice the words this. Paul is getting ready to tell people how we can please God living on earth. Very simple. As in as you are, in fact, living. So the church at Thessalonica was doing these things. All right. Uh, and and also, Paul says that you do so more and more. For you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Now listen, here's the same language. For this is God's will, that you become holy, hagiadzo, holy, sanctified, set aside. Be, to be like Jesus is what this is saying, to become holy like Jesus. And he goes on, he says, that you keep away, the very first thing Paul says, that you keep away from sexual immorality that each of you yeah. know how to possess his own body in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. In this matter, no one, listen, no one should violate the rights of his brother or take advantage of him because the Lord is the avenger in all these cases, as we told you earlier and warned you solemnly. For God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. Consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Again, I keep saying it over and over. I'm just repeating what the Bible says, y'all. This isn't my message. This is God's. This is the apostles. This is Jesus's message, that we are not rejecting what man says, but what God says. Travis? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's kind of like going back to, you know, what I was saying, you know, like the, the view that RTB holds, that, you know, when Christ, uh, you know, he, he compares, you know, like the church is called the bridegroom and everything. So I think it really, it shows a real sacredness, you know, to, you know, the covenant of marriage. And, you know, like I was saying that, you know, sex in its proper context is a good thing. It's when, you know, we turn it into something, you know, we misuse it, uh, that it becomes sin. And, you know, Christ has, has redeemed us from that. And I was just looking in Galatians 5.1. And it says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be uh, burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So it's like, you know, mm. we're set free, and we have to, you know, stay on guard to make sure, you know, we don't fall back into that. Because, uh, you know, we're all very susceptible. This is a, yes. a pretty powerful stronghold. Yes, and you know what, Travis, I think, I, I said it a while ago, part of those new covenant promises, we are given God's Holy Spirit to do what God said. It's it, it's very interesting, <laughs> but God gives us his Holy Spirit, one. Right, and, and, yeah. and Tyler, that kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out, you know, the desires yes. of the flesh and so forth. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I, I, I hear it all the time. God doesn't speak today. Well, you know what? I think he does. And here's how I think he does. Every so, I don't, I don't know how often, right? I can't count how many times it happens a day. But whenever there's a choice that has to be made, and I know it's a choice that I can do this and please God, or I can do this right. and not. And it always doesn't boil down to that, but but most of the time it does. This pleases God, this doesn't. And I can feel a tugging, and, and I don't know any other words to describe it, but a tugging in the right direction. I know what is right to do. Now, like Paul says in Romans nine or Romans 7, I don't always do that which I know I should, or that, that which I... I, I do, right? I don't always do what I want to do in that, you know, he feels the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit saying, this is what you should do. But then again, I can say, no, I'm going to choose to quench the Spirit, not listen to him and do this other thing that, pl- that this pleases God, right? So whenever people say, oh, God doesn't speak, I think that's how God speaks. Now, whether he shows up in visions or not, I think he does. I really do, speaking about the Muslims, you know, what's happening in, in the Muslim community, oh, just all yeah. the reports of that kind of thing. I, I think it's a very interesting conversation, one that needs to happen on CSG for sure. Um, but but I don't want to rabbit trail off into that. But you're right, Travis. God gives us his Holy Spirit, and we have been set free. This is past tense. Once we trust Christ, once we are baptized by the Holy Spirit, we have the very same power. Listen, J.C. Ryle, the bear, he, he said in his book, Holiness, but, but it reigns true throughout the Bible, and people have been saying it throughout the entire length of Christianity, right? But God's Holy Spirit that dwells within us is the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And don't tell yeah. me I yeah. can't, because that same, it's not different. It's not, it, it might be less of, per se, but it's mm-hmm. no, the, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And if nothing else motivates, you say, I can't do it on my own. You're absolutely right. I can't do it on my own neither. That's why God gives us his Holy Spirit, not only to seal us for the day of redemption, but to empower us so that we can be conquerors and more than conquerors, but overcome all sin. I truly believe that we can, not that we will, necessarily that's that's god's work in sanctification right but i do believe that we can reach a point and we will reach a point of perfection one day but may whether that's here on earth whether it's not i don't know but we will be sanctified because like i said like paul said in first thessalonians this is god's will that you become holy go ahead travis oh yeah i was just gonna kind of keep on that and say you know I couldn't agree more because, you know, it's like, you know, the passage says, because your sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our, into our hearts, you know, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir, you know, uh, to mm-hmm. the promise of salvation in Christ. Yep. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Tyler. Yeah, we were, um, it's funny, Travis, that you and I were uh, discussing infant baptism uh, with Michael the other night. Whenever we didn't right. have, we were we were going to do this show, we were going to do this show, um, when was that? Three weeks ago, I think? But something had happened yeah. to work. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember we um, we had some technical difficulties and something didn't work mm-hmm. on uh, 
on the studio end. But hey, we're back now and everything I think is golden. And so fun story real quick. Noah's teaching me how to run all these different things. So we shouldn't run into that problem uh, anymore. But thank, you know, thank God we're here now. We, we get to have the episode. Noah's, Noah's chilling back. He's quiet. No, what, what's going on, man? What, what do you think about the conversation well, so far? I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. It's just that, again, you know, I, I don't... I, for better or for worse, I don't have a lot of the same life battle scars that 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 other people do, and I'm not. I don't say sure. that. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't regret that at all. I'm not upset. I don't wish I could go back and live in sin for a while, just so I can see what it's like. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not that, but it just I have a slightly different perspective on it. And, and so, let me ask you this then: Where so this is not a maybe a big part of your life or your walk in this season or and what what I'm hearing you say you've what what has your struggle been with with sexual I I, I guess here here's I I would define my I, I wouldn't say yeah. that at all I would say that okay. I very much have that struggle it's just that again when you when you okay let, let, let me put it like this if you were going to organize your house and I said let's say you live like you've seen the show hoarders and you see how terrible some people live right <laughs> Sure. Let's pretend for a second. Oh, yeah. Let's pretend for a second that that represents somebody's life in sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were we were talking about advice or ways that we can handle that. Um, part of the problem is if you just walk up to somebody and say, "Well, just don't live like a pig. It's very easy. Just put things back where you found them and organize all your stuff." And it'll be you know that's great to say that out loud. Yeah, probably sounds sure. real great if we write it in a book. Maybe you could make a little checklist and it would look real nice when you hand it out. But the reality is it's not terribly helpful to the person that's living in a pigsty because right. they don't even know where to begin. It's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I guess to a certain extent, I would compare sexual immorality and the way that we live in our current society. I would I would say that that's a fairly accurate analogy to draw. So how do we how, how the, the advice I would give to somebody is this start with the smallest possible thing. But don't ever compromise on the thing, because if you can't trust yourself and you can't mm. exercise a self-control, then you have no hope of making progress. So set only set goals that you know are achievable and that you're willing to follow through on. And so maybe in, the, in my house analogy, right, because you're going to have to translate this. It's going to be different in every situation. Mm-hmm. In my house analogy, I'm not going to worry about anything else in the house. Only thing I'm going to worry about is every night when I get home, I'm going to clean off the counter. And so the kitchen counter is always going to be clean every night, 100%. Come rain or shine, if I do nothing else in my whole day, I'm going to clean that counter off. Mm-hmm. If I can get that down, then maybe I'll start moving on to cleaning the whole kitchen. And so once once a day, I'm going to, I'm going to run down the whole kitchen. The whole kitchen is going to be good. When I get that down, then I'm going to do the – and eventually you start you start moving out as you're able to meet your goals. If you don't meet a goal, then you back mm-hmm. up and you stop and you say, okay, I'm going to stop here, right? And mm-hmm. so – and you could go even smaller. Like I'm starting with the kitchen counter because I feel like that's a, that's a reasonable place. But you could start at something like maybe you need, maybe you're at the point where you need to start at when I walk through the door, I'm just going to set my shoes down. It's the only thing I'm going to get right. I won't get anything else right. But I'm going to set my shoes in the same place every single time. Mm-hmm. And so as you translate that, like I say, it's going to be different for everyone. But it, it'll start like when I start to feel myself, I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm not going to look at whatever the thing is. I'm not going to listen to whatever the thing is. I'm going to close my eyes and ears off from that thing. I'm going to remove myself from that situation, mm-hmm. even if it means that I've had situations like this where I've just got up and left. And mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that that was really Why did you do that? You know, and I'm not going to go into a big, long thing, but I'll just say it's just not the situation I want to be around, not the kind of right. not the kind of environment I want to be in. And, and having that 
that willingness or ability to say, here is going to be my line. Here's going to be my action. And I have a plan before I ever walk in. So I'm not caught off guard because most guys don't mean to do the wrong thing. When the light bulb doesn't get changed in the bathroom, when when the when the lawn doesn't get most guys intend to do the right thing is just sometimes we get sometimes we get bushwhacked from the side and yeah. and then all of a sudden we're responding and we're reacting and we're letting mm. biology and our natural instinct drive us rather than a conscious set of decisions informed by reading scripture, prayer and meditation. And so when I think about the practical ways in which I've been able to, 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 like I say, it's not that it's not a stumbling block. It's just that I'm very, very intentional and conscious about that particular aspect because I'm aware of the tremendous devastation that it has to other people around me, to yeah. the devastation that it has to my wife, to the devastation it has to my own soul, my own ability to be able to walk clearly with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So don't be on the defensive, Right. Be get offensive with this. So don't if you find yourself in a situation to where you're being tempted, then like you said, remove yourself from yeah, it. Leave. You, I, you know, that that really reminds me of something my one of my supervisors said to me at work one time. He said, Tyler, you can't control other people's actions, but you can limit them. You can put so, for example, we had a we had a problem people stealing tools. Well, if you put a padlock on your toolbox, they can't get into your tools and they can't steal them. So the point is, you can limit other people's action. If somebody wants to put, post a seductive picture on Facebook, you can scroll past. You don't have to say. You don't have to look at it. We have been given power, like I said, to overcome these things. Now, if you choose to dwell on these things then you can only expect the temptation to rise. Travis? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I totally agree with what you guys are saying. And to kind of, like, lay out, you know, some things, like, you know, some practical things, you know, to to overcome this. uh, First, I I think, you know, it's important to have maybe a a small group at at your church or, you know, friends, you know, who are in the faith, you know, who can kind of hold you to like some degree of personal accountability, maybe let them know, you know, you're, you're working through this and, you know, to kind of have that support. And the next step is, uh, I know even my church has this, it's called celebrate recovery. And it's mm-hmm. basically, uh, it's like a Christ centered 12 step program. And it, it's, it's not just for like, you know, drugs and alcohol, but it's for anyone struggling with hurt, pain, or any kind of addiction. Uh, mm-hmm. so and, and it's Christ and so I would recommend that as well. So, I mean, yeah. I think there's positive steps, you know, if we're really, you know, deep in this, that, you know, we can, you know, kind of start working through that are Christ centered. Got to have accountability. You know, I thought, and, and just hear me out for a second, I thought that whenever, because again, as a single guy, so Travis, you said you were single a while ago, as a single yeah. guy, I thought getting married would really curb my urges. I, I have a wife now. I can do these things without, you know, being sinning against God. And because like you said a while ago, sex is a good thing if used in a proper way. This is a tool that God has given us that gives us pleasure. Not only that, but sex was designed to to procreate children. This is the means right. by which children are created and God knits them in the womb in, in just ways we can't imagine. But but accountability, like I was saying, and, and like you were saying, Travis, you got to have it. But whenever, so Noah, I, again, you haven't struggled with this like in the way that I have. 
but I was dead wrong <laughs> whenever I, it seemed for me that the urges, because we all want what we can't have, right? And I, it's for me anyway, it just seems to get, you know, stronger. But with that accountability, what we were talking about a while ago, my wife is the best accountability partner for that specific thing because I trust her and I can talk to her. Th these things, they're not always comfortable to talk about. And we can admit that, you know, we, we've heard it on the show even tonight, us, you know, hesitating with what we're saying and thinking about and phrasing it in such a way. But it is, we can be raw with our, with our spouses. We can be 100% transparent with them in a way that maybe we feel uncomfortable with our friends. So if you do have a wife or if you do have a spouse, then go to them seek help from them because trust me they are your best friend whenever you whenever you're in this now Travis let me ask you this real quick and, and then I want to backtrack a little bit because I don't think we've maybe answered this question but let me ask you this as a single person who do you find the most reliable to go to uh, to talk about your um, struggles with sexual sin my personal friends from church uh, I, I'm in, it's kind of like what I was saying before, I'm in a, a small group, you know, who meets, you know, before the service, you know, and, yeah. and I, I've become, you know, pretty good friends uh, with, with a lot of them. And there's like, you know, kind of a even smaller group that, you know, uh, you know, discuss what I'm you know, struggling with and everything. So it, sure. it's been friends at, at church, I, I think, tend to be the best because, uh, I mean, for me, because I'm single, but yeah. obviously, like you were saying, you know, if you're married, you're with your spouse. Yeah. And just to add to that, just to piggyback on what you're saying, I think as a Christian, you do need to have Christian, a, a Christian support because, yeah. because there is a difference. And let's stop. And I'm not saying that we are on the show, but, but let's just stop acting like there's not a difference between the world and Christians. There is a difference. And so oh, the yeah. best, I, I would say the best people to seek out if you are single struggling with this is someone in a church, is someone from your local church. And this is just why it's so important to attend a local church and become a member of a local church body. It's not just me, my Bible, and Jesus. We have been given the congregation, the ecclesia is the Greek word for a gathering or assembly or church. This is where we get the word church from. But God has given the, this this tool to us, this means to us, to become more like Jesus so we can get advice from pastors. We can be transparent with these people. I just find it personally a lot easier, and, and my wife is my best friend, so I just find it a lot easier to, you know, open up to her versus, you know, maybe, you know, opening up to somebody else. But for a single person, you don't have that option. Um, but just keep your head up, you know, but, but here, here's the thing. If you are single, just real quick, if you are single and you think getting married is going to curb this, in my case, it didn't, um, it just intensified it to be perfectly honest, uh, but go ahead, Travis. And then I want to get into, I want to backtrack and maybe kind of sum up what we've been talking about. And really, I want to get into where does sexual immorality start, but, but go ahead, Travis. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, I, I couldn't agree more that, you know, um, and then from kind of a singles point of reference, you know, I think mm -hmm. it's very crucial to have, you know, people we can confide in that are Christians, uh, preferably, you know, that are at our, you know, local church, you know, that we fellowship with. And, you know, it, depending on how bad the circumstances, you know, 
that you're struggling with are, you know, like yeah. I was saying earlier, a lot of churches, you know, mine included, have, you know, like the Celebrate Recovery Program or, yeah. or maybe a specific, you know, small group that kind of deals with this. So I think it's good to kind of be open and honest and humble and, mm. you know, just kind of, you know, seek that accountability from fellow believers. Yes. Amen. Be open, be transparent. And be real. Be. We said it last week on the episode. Do what, Travis? Oh no, I was agreeing with you. I was saying exactly. You know, be. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's backtrack then, just for a second, because I don't think cheating, though, because we're talking about adultery. We're, I mean, we're talking about sexual immorality, but with the example of adultery, I don't think cheating starts at cheating. Right. I don't I think that in maybe every case is different. I mean, every case obviously is different. But in order to actually go and cheat, we're talking about the physical act of adultery here. Does this start earlier or I mean, again, the majority, obviously, there's some cases, one night stands, all these things happen. Right. But even those. Is this something that just happens or does this start earlier? And if so, where do you think, Travis, that sexual immorality and, and the act of cheating, like I said, the physical act of committing adultery, where does that start at? Okay, so that's a great question, Tyler. And I would kind of go like to the book of James, like in James chapter 1, you know, how it says that, you know, each person is tempted when they're dragged away, you know, by their own evil desire, lust, mm. and, you know, they're enticed. And after this lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, you know, when it's full grown, gives birth to death, and, you know, spiritual death in particular. So uh, I think it begins, you know, in our heart, you know, we have yeah. these lusts and, and everything and what we get enticed and it kind of just snowballs from there. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, you know, we kind of just bring this whole thing now back around to not dwelling on it once it once the once the temptation, because like we've said before, temptation is not sinful. Temptation is the act of being tempted. That's that's what temptation is. So that in and of itself is now. If you're tempting somebody to do something, then obviously that's sinful. But the temptation in and of itself is not sinful. It's giving in to the temptation. That's whenever things. So so not even. I think removing. I think Noah, you just said it so so perfectly. You nailed it right on the head. I think whenever we start becoming sexually tempted we must remove ourselves from the situation i mean period in subject we have to get yeah. out go ahead yeah Tyler, uh, real quick uh, yeah what i was going to say on that and you know i couldn't yeah. agree more when i first became a christian you know uh one of you know my mentors you know at church he told me a, a good thing to do like when these sinful lusts and you know desires mm. uh, come up is to just like, you know, powerfully say, like, in your mind, just think, I take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every Ooh. thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. And to just like focus on that, you know, when these, yes. these desires are coming out. Yes, focus on something else. Because again, once one is tempted sexually, again, this is a powerful thing. It, it It's almost like, with me anyway, it controls. It really does. Once it gets to a certain point, it becomes controlling. And so, again, whatever, if you're in your room and a commercial comes on, 
change the channel. If you're watch, if you're scrolling through Facebook and you see something that's provocative to you, click the X button. But the point is, you have to make a conscious decision to remove. If it's the web page, remove the web page. This is what Jesus meant, yeah. going back full circle to cutting. He's not literally talking about cutting off, you know, your right hand and gouging out your right eye. We we would be maimed, all of us would be maimed and blind and probably just rolling around because we don't have any legs or anything like that. But but hear me out even too. So check this out. In church history, there have been actually examples, and Travis, I know you know this, but there have been examples of people, and I it, people escape me off the top of my head right now, but who have went to caves to th- because they think that it, they're going to get away from sin, they found that even the devil chases them there. The, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. The, this is true. However, yeah. God still allows Satan to roam around like a prowling lion seeking whomever he may devour. And God allows this for his reasons. So so if anyone's got the conception that Satan is the ruler of hell and he's down there with his pitchfork and cape, no. <laughs> Satan is our enemy here on earth, roaming as we speak, seeking, seeking babes, seeking Christians, seeking whomever to devour them. The, the Greek there is so powerful that it's almost like whenever Satan gets you in his jaws, he won't let go. And and, and this reigns true with exactly what we're talking about uh, with sexual temptation. We still have time to take a question. If you've got a question, if you're struggling with this, give us a call, 855-450-6624. We'd be happy to take your call, uh, answer your question about this. Uh, but Noah, just you know, in the last couple minutes that we got, brother, we're... Where do you think sexual temptation starts? And and just again, just to kind of reiterate what we've been saying, what are some practical steps that you personally take to curb uh, the desire to 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 sexual you know sin sexually? What what I would say is that I think sexual immorality starts where all sin starts. It starts with mm-hmm. a desire to please oneself or a desire to concentrate on oneself rather than to desire what it is that God wants for people. As far as Practical steps, I think that the Bible has the best practical step, and it's that Mm. if you think about things, if you concentrate on things, if you spend time on things of the earth, then that's where your heart is going to be, and that's what what you're going to be drug into. And if you spend time thinking about things above, focusing on things above, structuring your life around things above, then that's going to be the thing that you become closer to, become more like. And I think one has a, a very defined path for the Holy Spirit to redirect your life, and I think one makes it almost impossible. And I think that's the fundamental decision that we as human beings get to make, yeah. is who, who, who's gonna, who or what is going to be the thing that directs our lives. Yes. Yeah, I think this is what Jesus meant whenever he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's not like this is a... I mean, it is, don't get me wrong, a prescriptive thing, but it's also a description of a believer, right? Jesus is saying, if you love me, if you honestly love me, you'll do what I what what I tell you to do. Why? Because what I'm telling you to do is not only things that please me, but they're things that are good for you as well. This is why, this is the whole point of Jesus and, and commands from God anyway. And, and once you're regenerated, once you are you know, again, all of this starts with trust. The, the way you start overcoming sin, 
or overcoming any sin is trusting God. Because like Travis and I were saying earlier, without the Holy Spirit, I think that you can you can get by, you know, but but say you do overcome sexual sin without the Holy Spirit, what does that mean for eternity? If you're not born again, then no matter what you did, say say you did overcome sexual sin, say you go overcome your drug habits, say you overcome your depression, all of that it just burns up in the end. So we must save our soul. We 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 have to. And thank God that Jesus came to die for sinners, all who would believe in him, every single person. And so with that, and, and not only that, but again, like I said, rising from the grave. I mean, this is a point in history. It happens, and Christianity hinges upon these two historical facts, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because like Paul said, if Christ did not rise from the grave, we are still dead in our sins. That means I'm still dead in my sexual sin, and and, and I have a lot of it. But no, Christ bore that on that cross 2,000 years ago, right? Did Christ die for future sins? Well, if he died for my sexual sin, then he must have. But still, that one sacrifice, it's it's more than enough to not only save us, but his blood cleanses us. First John, I love. I really do believe, I say a lot of books are my favorite, but I really do believe First John is my favorite book of the Bible. If we confess our, our sins, First John 1, 8, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to not only forgive us of our sins, but to cleanse us, not of some, not of a little, but of all unrighteousness. And, and, and I know my, my, neither one of my two co-hosts tonight are Calvinists, but if that, <laughs> no, nah, I'll, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But, but with that, <laughs> with, yeah, with, no, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But so Travis knows exactly what I'm talking about, but we'll, we'll talk about that for a later time. But let's so just kind of wrapping up, let, let's just start back from the beginning. Sex is not a bad thing. Sex is a gift given from God to people, to men and women, man and woman who is married, that that is a pleasurable thing. This this thing pleases God. It's a means by which we we receive my beautiful baby girl, by which we receive children. And, and Noah has kids, and he knows exactly. Travis, I, I'm not sure. Do you have kids or or no? Uh, as of yet, I do not. Okay, I didn't think so, but but I didn't. You know, I just. Wanted to make sure, but brother, let me tell you something, man. Whenever you do, right? It if that's God's plans for your life, then trust me. Right. Whenever I say, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Whenever every time I talk about Kelsey, every time like I just see her, bro. Oh. It it's amazing. The perspective of a of a dad, there is none other like it. And and like Josh Davidson, yeah, you know, I know you're friends with him. He always tells me that oh, yeah, you know yeah. she, she's she is with his kids anyway. He, they were his best theology lesson, and and it reigns true with her, uh, Kelsey as well. But but we start. Sex is not a bad thing. How do we start overcoming this? I think it always begins with trusting God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Receive that power, and overcome. The, this is this is faith. John says again, the faith that overcome or this is the thing that overcomes the world. Our faith. And with the Holy Spirit, we have the power to overcome sin. So nip it in the butt. Say no. Make that conscious decision to say no. 
Step number three, don't be on the defensive. Let's work to get to a point. Wake up every morning and say, and be on the offensive whenever it comes to sexual sin. If you don't try to get to a point where you, you're saying to yourself, I'm not finding myself in situations because I'm not letting it get to a situation where I ha- where I can be tempted, right? Be open and transparent with the people that you love and find accountability. These are the steps I believe that it takes to overcome sexual sin. I'm Tyler Fowler. With me has been Noah Chalaya and Travis Worth. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Next week, we're talking about overcoming fear, and I think Joshua Davidson's going to be our guest on that one again. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And we'll see you guys next time on the Complete Sinner's Guide. Good.